Today on the news and why it matters, medical care for babies born alive after abortion is too much, too human, say the Democrats in Colorado. Also, a new national poll gives Bernie Sanders a double-digit lead. Are you nervous yet? we got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Valentine's Day. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stu Bergier. Thank you. Yes. The host mm-hmm. of Stu Does America. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to see you here. Well, I didn't realize you were going to be on today. I wanted you to be my Valentine, and I didn't want to ask <laughs> you? over the phone or text or anything. I wow. Oh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. So you can find Stu. By the way, if you have not seen him on Stu Does America, brand new show that we have on Blaze TV, and you've been killing it. Yeah, we're up to uh, number 15 podcast in America right now. Uh, not so, brag or anything. Uh, it's not that I watched. I refresh it every three or four <laughs> minutes. Uh, I did read also that it is, in fact, in front of the Glenn Beck program. It is. Like a couple slots ahead that of Glenn. Mu- that's a little awkward. It's going to continue forever. I'm, I know it. <laughs> uh, I've basically, you know, my entire happiness level is now based only on the number on the charts. So as soon as it starts dropping... You know, it's going to be very depressing. But uh, right now it's going up, so I'm, I'm just going to ignore it and, and hope it continues forever. Help it go up by going to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to Stu Does America. We've also got Pac Ray from Pac Ray Unleashed in the house. Happy Valentine's Day. I also Day, have a podcast, uh, by the way. That, uh, Pac Ray Unleashed? Can, yeah, you can go to and you should. watch and subscribe. You should subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would what would be great is if all of these podcasts actually pass the Glenn Beck program <laughs> on the charts. So if you could help us do that, that would be it. I mean, just for trolling purposes, it would be very lovely. Thank you for uh, for your time. Also, Aaron Colin of TheBlaze.com. I'm going to start a podcast so I can pass Glenn. So let's work on that after the show. <laughs> you heard it here first. We got a lot to get into. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Parlor. Uh, so if you are on any social media these days, you know, probably personally, that conservative voices are being silenced daily by uh, these left-wing tech companies who are, oh, I don't know, profiting off of exploiting your privacy, your email address, you know, your personal information. And then they silence your voice when you say something that they don't agree with. Uh, you know, the right to speak freely has come under assault in places that were designed for us to just share our opinions, regardless of whether or not big tech agrees with us. Uh, with no other options, you're forced to play by the rules until now, introducing Parler. Parler is the news and free speech app that will not silence your opinion or violate your privacy for financial gain. It is super easy to use. You can download the app. All you gotta do is create your account and you can post, share, speak freely, just like you would do on any other social media app. But you're not getting the big tech censorship. Now you can't say anything you want. You can't threaten violence. You can't commit actual acts of hate, harass, or commit other crimes. I mean, I'm hoping if you watch the show, that's not who you are and you're not going to do that anyway. Otherwise, we got a whole set of other problems we need to deal with. Uh, you can go to Parler.com, visit the App Store, download Parler today. I'm on Parler. Uh, you can follow me at Sarah Gonzalez TX. That is P-A-R-L-E-R.com. Find it in the App Store and download it. Speak freely with Parler at Parler.com. Uh, so... Colorado legislators have rejected a bill that would grant legal protections for babies born alive. Yes, I did say literally born alive after a botched abortion. Uh, House Bill 1068 threatened $100,000 in fines for physicians who fail to, quote, exercise the same degree of professional skill, 
care and diligence to preserve the life and health of the child as a reasonably diligent and conscientious physician would render to any other child born alive at the same gestational age. It also required that any born alive child be immediately transferred to, to a hospital. Sounds reasonable, right? <laughs> that we yeah. like, try to save the life of a baby who has been born. It's worded in such a way that it almost doesn't even mean anything, right? Like, it's so like right. it's such a low hurdle to clear. It should not be controversial in any way, which, of course, is why they wrote it that way. Right. Everyone can get on board with this, right, Democrats? Like, you guys, I know you're pro-choice, but you can come on board for this. We're just saying if it's born, you have to actually take care of it like it's a human being, which, by the way, it is. Uh, that should not be it's something. Not, wait, it's not like a kangaroo? No, it's not. It's not a cantaloupe? No, not okay. a Volkswagen. I would say uh, we should broccoli. protect kangaroos and maybe cantaloupes as well. It's <laughs> <Really? laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. Good kangaroos, point. I think, yes. Well, cantaloupes, I'm a little bit more torn on, but I could, you can get me Teach there. Teach their own. Yeah. A vegetarian here, I wouldn't expect you to hold such a controversial opinion on cantaloupes. I, well, you know, they're just not that delicious, you know. They're just, they, 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 they all turn white towards the edges and they have no flavor. <laughs> Uh, so Stu points out that, uh, you know, this is written in a way that should not be controversial. It should be one of maybe the only things that uh, Democrats and Republicans can agree on at this point in time. Um, but no, uh, the Democrats in the Colorado House panel decided that this was it was too controversial. Uh, it, it was too extreme. And they worried that uh, the law would um have the effect of limiting access to abortion in the state. Uh, when you're talking about a child being born alive, how does that limit abortion in any way? That's a great it question. It doesn't even make sense. And it just shows how little they value human life. They don't care. For some reason, they worship at the altar of abortion. I, I, I can't figure that out, mm -hmm. but they, they do. I I don't know if it's some sort of massive money maker for them. I don't. I don't know if they get all kinds of money uh, in their coffers for their campaign from, you know, abortion sources. I. I don't know what it is that drives this, other than sheer unadulterated evil. Mm -hmm. it's just it's evil at this point. Pro-abortion activists won't give an inch on anything, and this bill from conservatives this grants that abortion is legal. It grants that people will go get abortions, potentially even in late stages of the pregnancy, and still the pro-abortion people won't even give an inch to say, if for some reason this abortion does not work and the baby is born, which to them is the bad thing, mm -hmm. you have to take care of it. They won't even grant that, and it just shows how extreme it is because this is not, like you said, it's not an abortion law. This doesn't limit abortion. We're not talking about abortion. We're past the attempted abortion, mm -hmm. and now we're talking about a human life Let's deal with that as a human life and go forward. And now, if you want to give the baby up for adoption or whatever the case may be, if it survives, then we should do that. But this is not even an abortion discussion. So, I'm a little concerned about this as a as, as a tactic from the pro life side. In that, like you know, there's always going to be a battle going on when it comes to pro life versus pro choice, and where is that battle being fought? And I and while I, I really admire the idea that can we at least set the borderline of like when they're alive and walking around and they get their first job, maybe we can't kill them. When does this happen? Whoa! I know it's a crazy idea. Um, I like the idea of setting boundaries and saying, okay, here's our worst case scenario. You're once they're born, you'll let them live, right? right. The problem then, though, is that you're doing an Overton window thing where you're fighting the battle on this the line that is so incredibly extreme. Yeah. And, and the battle really should be being fought the other way. It should be, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, the American people, generally speaking, um, support 
uh, stopping abortion <clears throat> in both the second and third trimester. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Republicans have been trying to do these things where they're getting the limits of 20 weeks and some as, as, as early as 12 weeks. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, the American uh, U.S. opinion is on the side of the pro-life side, uh, side of the argument, with the exception of that first trimester, which I still want to fight for every single day of. But that's where the battle should be fought. We're taking an issue that is 97, 98 percent in agreement and trying to set, fight a political battle and using resources to fight there where maybe they might be a little bit better used continuing to push that line towards zero weeks which is probably where it should be. Well, let, let's bring that up because um, one of the other measures that failed was a 22-week ban on abortions. They're doing both. In, right. They're trying to do both at the same time, both separate bills. But, I mean, so they did attack it at that at that part, right? It's good. And it is 22 weeks, um, which, what was it, the, the two-year-old, the toddler that was in Donald Trump's State of the it Union, wasn't that 21, 21 weeks? Mm-hmm. And, you know, healthy child, I mean, we've seen this with technology the way that it is now, um, you know, viability, 22 weeks, that happens. So, Pat, I mean, how do you, how do you regroup when you're, you're proposing a bill that there be a 22-week ban on abortions and it gets rejected, you can't get it through? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and it does show the radicalism of the left and just how extreme they are on this. It used to be, in the, even in the Democrat Party, we want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Mm-hmm. And now they've completely dropped any semblance of wishing that there would be less abortions. They're, they're full on, we want more abortions. We want them all the time. We love them. We want them at drive through windows. <laughs> I mean, they just don't stop now. It's, but at least it's exposed them for, you know... Uh, the culture of death. And I think that's, I guess, the point of this tactic. And I agree that there is some concern that we're giving up too much ground with this. But hopefully by presenting this very reasonable bill, it mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone of like, this is what they really are fighting for and how extreme that really is. Yeah, and I like that. I think I like the dual approach there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things um, is, you, it, I think it is uh, illustrating this in a way that maybe people who are outside of this day-to-day argument didn't understand. Like, wait a minute, they're they're not voting for what? Like, this is I think this is hitting right. people outside of this argument a lot because it's so crazy, it's so insane. And if you go back to Roe versus Wade, right? Like they set. Um, you know, first trimester can kind of do whatever you want. Second, there could be some restrictions. Third, there could be lots of restrictions. Mm-hmm. Like, is, and that's how they they set up the trimester system with Roe versus Wade. But they, really, the reason why it was set at the second trimester is because viability was believed to be this basically the second end of the second trimester. And it's like, well, that's moved right. way from it's not even close to there anymore. Um, so you know, you you it's now you know, weeks and weeks and weeks earlier, and as you say, to 21 weeks even in this case, uh, that, sh- that line should be moving. It's not because that's not the way that they thought about it. I mean, again, the move to Roe versus Wade is a move way to the right from where we are now. Way to the right. It's not even close. If we could go back to Roe versus Wade, it would actually be a really positive move yeah. for the, uh, for the uh, pro-life, pro-life movement. movement. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you guys do bring up an interesting point because you have Ralph Northam, Governor Blackface, who goes on a radio program and literally says we would keep the infant comfortable, but if the mother didn't want us to resuscitate him, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's tiny enough. It was just born. It's fine if we don't actually, you know, uh, do life-saving measures on a baby that was born alive. And you had the pro-life movement saying, 
hello, you guys are talking about a baby who's, you're talking about murder at this point. And then the pro-choice movement said, that's not true. We never said that. Well, this is a completely different argument than we're having. But then when you bring that point up in a bill and say, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll call your bluff here. Then sign to this that you will make sure that you save an actual human being baby that's born. They can't do it. A lot of the opposition to it comes from this this premise that, well, this doesn't ever happen, which is obviously not true. Right, then you shouldn't have they, a problem signing right, it. Right, but they're trying to say, well, it's never happening, so this is just a show bill. But again, like you said, they should. If it's not even going to happen, what does it cost you to sign that? But mm -hmm. it just goes to show they will not give one inch. That's why presidential candidates can't even say any kind of limits on abortion when they're questioned about it. They have to dodge that question because if you say anything that even tiny bit limits abortion, it's almost disqualifying. And, I mean, you had Andrew Yang who, rest in peace, Andrew Yang's <laughs> campaign, but you had Andrew Yang who came out and said, um, I think that that decision should be up to a woman and her doctor at any point in the pregnancy, I just don't think that we should be celebrating it. And he was harshly criticized by the left just for saying we probably shouldn't be like happy about it. It's incredible. It is. I, I, this is an incredibly extreme territory they've taken. I mean, you know, we've talked about the stat on the, you know, it's 84% opposed yeah. by, by America, the American citizens. This is not a mainstream position. Sometimes I feel like with abortion, it feels like we're the weird ones sitting over yeah. here like, I don't know, we're so, we're so stodgy in our wanting people alive thing. <laughs> Uh, where it really, when it comes so to, old school, I know, so old school. Um, but really, it, we're in the majority when, especially when it comes to these issues. I mean, this is ridiculous. Buttigieg had the same type of thing where he like couldn't bring himself yep. to say any restriction at all. And it's so fascinating to see the arguments that they bring up, which are constantly based on personal liberty. Their arguments are: Look, you just have to be able. I get in the way of the doctor and the woman. No, we can't. We could never do something like that. That's crazy. It's like, well, wait a minute. You are requiring all sorts of things. You want to run our healthcare system mm -hmm. completely. You want us to. You want all sorts of things to be mandatory for kids to be able to go to public school and all of these other different things. And it's like, well, how can you have that opinion? And the the bottom line is, it's not real. They don't actually. They're not making a, a personal liberty argument at all. They're making a political argument. They worship at this altar of uh, of you know pro choice for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and it, that comes down to you know I think uh, pressuring every single one of their politicians to take these massively extreme stands. I mean, even Gabbard, who came out and said, I don't know about the third trimester, they're never going to talk to the woman again. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when NARAL used to be considered radical? They used to shun yeah. the NARAL events. Now the NARAL events to a Democrat, it's like going to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. It's the most mainstream thing they can do. So true. Uh, when we come back, a new national poll gives Bernie Sanders a double-digit lead. Oh, we'll be back in a minute. Is it a good thing? Is it? Yeah, I, let's have that discussion. We had that discussion. Before we get to that poll with uh, Bernie Sanders having a double-digit lead, I uh, want to tell you about home title lock. So uh, you probably think if you have a security system in your house, you know, you've got the cameras, you've got the keypad, you can arm it when you leave, you think that your home is safe. But you're not taking into account that there's this new thing called home title fraud, which the FBI calls one of the fastest growing white collar crimes uh, right now, like in the entire country. And um, people can actually go online and go hack into where they keep all of the home titles online and just they just steal it. They just like forge your signature and they steal all of your equity. Um, these guys actually had an FBI agent come in 
and yeah. actually showed, they did it to you. Yes. They showed you how they just went and stole your home title. I don't know about this happened to you, Pat, but they sent me the paperwork before they told me it was coming. So I just got in my email is this piece of paper that had my home title on it with like a fake signature and a fake like <laughs> I'm like what is this? And like ten minutes later, like oh by the way we're gonna be sending you some paperwork uh, showing you how this gets happened. I'm like hey, well you need to tell me that first. But it is it was so easy it's just a couple yeah. of forms. Yeah, uh, and our friend Jason Buttrell, you know he goes on the dark web for who knows what, but oh. he's like oh yeah they have home title uh, home titles on the dark web for sale for like forty bucks. Yeah, yeah you don't want that to happen. Buttrell's to you. having people assassinated all over the world. <laughs> the oh yeah, I have a couple wow. names. I oh, could yeah. give him. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to hello. Interest you in I didn't business. realize we were on air. Uh, you got to protect yourself. You're not going to be protected by an identity theft program. Uh, banks don't have anything to protect you, but Home Title Lock does. You got to go to hometitlelock.com. We got you 60 risk free days of protection. You can enter in your address over there and see if you've already been a victim. That's the only way you're going to know. Don't find out before it's too late. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That is HomeTitleLock.com. So a new morning consult poll found that Sanders has a 10-point lead over his closest challenger, of course, Joe Biden. Uh, Sanders is at 29% support, followed by Joe Biden at 19%. Would you say, of course, is appropriate with Biden in that one? I, I was not a, an of course on that oh, one. That's fair. He is. He, 20, I mean, 19% is actually a pretty good showing for Biden right now, I feel like. That's actually a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I, I don't see Buttigieg. He, he did well in New Hampshire, right, in Iowa, but I don't see him leading nationally. Yeah. He, I mean, look, you win... He, you could make the argument he had the best results of the first two states, right? Yeah. I mean, he based, he did technically win as of the right to count right now right. in Iowa, and he finished second, a strong second, closer than most people, including myself, expected. I thought it would be more like a six-point race, and he only lost by two. Uh, so he's actually done really well. Uh, so there's an argument that momentum carries mm-hmm. you. And unlike a Klobuchar, who also had a good result in New Hampshire, you know, Pete can raise some money. Yeah. I mean, Pete's got the cash to actually make this into a legitimate campaign. I would say so far this is sort of a disappointing result. Where did he come in on that, third? Uh, no, Bloomberg came in Bloomberg, third right. at 18%. Um, and this doesn't even... Buttigieg was down near, like, 11, 11, right? 11, Buttigieg right. is at 11. Yeah, that's not good. No, for, and Warren mm. was at 10. So that's how Buttigieg at 11, Warren yeah. at 10. Um, and do they have closure even listed? Was she, they even ask... Yeah, she's low, but Char's at five. five. Just kind of goes to show how much of an aberration that New Hampshire result is. Like, she, people right. are kind of hyping her, like she became a real candidate. And well, she, I think that was just her hyping herself. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. And nobody, everybody's too scared to tell her anything Third. otherwise because yeah. she would scream at them. She may stick around for a while because you know the the quote unquote moderate lane, if we want to go this way. Um, has, I guess you could say Buttigieg is in it, you could say Biden's in it, you could say Bloomberg's in it, uh, you could say Klobuchar's in it. By the way, none of those people are even close to moderates. We should point that out. That's a very important thing to understand. We need to find a new word. I don't yeah, know what it like, is. I know. It's like, I don't know. I, the old school Democratic side, I mean, like, you know, even there, they're liberal on that, uh, on that uh, you know, scale as well. But, I mean, Klobuchar is the only, she's sticking around to see if everyone else collapses. You could make a yeah. real argument that both Biden and Bloomberg are going to collapse, right? And, and you think that about Bloomberg? I don't necessarily think it, but you could certainly okay. make the argument. I mean, you know, they're just starting to release his 60 plus women who have accused him of sexual harassment. Like, 
you know, can he survive it? I mean, we've seen Democrats survive blackface and stay in office, so he could. Mm-hmm. But, but that combined with, uh, you know, stop and frisk and, and so yeah. many other problems. Re- racist stuff is going to hurt him. I mean, how, how, how long do you think it's going to take when, he, when we get to these Super Tuesday states where you start seeing ads with uh, Michael Bloomberg's endorsement on the stage of the Republican National Committee of George W. Bush is going to take? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't imagine the Democrats do this. I think they would only do it out of desperation, which is... A, a really strong Sanders showing. I think the be- the clearest case here uh, for for Bloomberg is Sanders in- wins in Nevada easily. He gets another boost and then somehow wins in South Carolina, knocking out all those other moderates. And then there becomes a one-on-one choice. Is it Bloomberg or is it um, going to be Sanders? And at that point, you might get enough Democrats to say, I just don't want a socialist. I'm going to go this way. Mm. Um, but Bloomberg's argument is basically... This has worked out perfectly for him, right? right? He wanted chaos. He wanted Sanders. He's getting both of them. Um, where Klobuchar could at least make the argument, okay, let's just say the, the Bloomberg thing blows up because he's so not appropriate. I mean, he's not a good fit for the party. He's a bad guy. There's a, he's a billionaire, all these right. other things. If Biden's gone too, her versus Mayor, uh, Mayor Pete, right, is doable. Mm-hmm. I mean, she lost by, what, four points to him last in, in New Hampshire. Yeah. Any race that Buttigieg can win, she can win. And she probably is a better candidate, at least on paper. Uh, so I think that's her argument to stay in. But she doesn't have enough, she doesn't have mo- enough money to make this do a big campaign. Yeah. That's why I think Bloomberg is not going to flame out. He's just going to keep pouring money into this thing. And he's kind of executing what I think Biden's campaign wanted to on some level, which is if you limit your exposure then you can kind of just float along on reputation, what people kind of think about you. Mm-hmm. And if he does that long enough, then he might outlast somebody like Biden. How is it you guys are completely ignoring Tom Steyer? I, don't, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the guy, well, uh, you talk about charisma. Oh. Am I right? I mean, I those mean, ties, those ties are pretty good. He's the billionaire with a thousandaire personality. You know, as we talk about this, it just shows you they've got nobody. There's nowhere to turn in the Democrat Party. I mean, they've got two socialists near the top, at or near the top, and... Sanders and Warren. And then you've got socialism light with everybody else. You've got some form of radicalism with all of these people. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just no place for a moderate or a conservative Democrat in the Democrat Party. And they've told us as much. When uh, Just the other day, Sanders said that if you are pro-life, sorry, yeah. there's no mm-hmm. place for you in this party. Yeah. Uh, JFK could not be a Democrat. If he were alive today, I mean, you know, being dead, he's probably he can't be a Republican either. But he could, <laughs> if he were alive today, I am positive he'd be Republican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, being dead, he can vote Democrat. That's right. True. That's that was my thought as well. Several times. Uh, well, Pat, you mentioned before mm-hmm. the break. Do you think that it would be a detriment to Donald Trump to have Bernie Sanders as the Democrat nominee? Would it? It would be harder for him yeah. to, win? Um, to win. You know, I'm not sure. I I I have a hunch that it's going to be easier because it's the clearest choice that the American people could possibly make. You're going capitalism or are we going with socialism? Mm -hmm. And Trump will, I think, do a good job of pinning that to Venezuela, Cuba, Mm -hmm. Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. You you know, he's he's good at that kind of stuff and he won't shy away from that. Soviet, you mean uh, the popular honeymoon spot? Yes. USSR. Aaron, your thoughts? I think you're probably right that Bernie is a little bit easier because that contrast does sort of scare off some of the more moderate Democrats who might say, I really don't like Trump, but I don't want my whole world flipped upside down. But I think we do have to be careful about, you know, underestimating him. I think Trump's campaign will do a good job and will have to be very aggressive in calling out those extremes and attacking because I think Bernie Sanders will do his best to sort of 
not moderate his views, but he'll hide the, the uglier parts of them to the point where people will just view him as the uh, Donald Trump alternative who will give us you know, free stuff and better economy, supposedly, that he'll say. Uh, so you do have to be aggressive in campaigning against him. Don't underestimate him, but I do think that's best case scenario. All right, back in a minute. Interesting. If, if, if he was, they were showing more energy, like setting all sorts of things. Before we go into overtime, oh, I would like to let you know this is actually our last overtime <gasps> session what? for the show. Yes, the show's being canceled. I'm just kidding. Mm. We're actually expanding to an hour uh, in front of the paywall. So we're going to do a full hour for everyone. Uh, it will be streaming on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere that you get it now. You'll still get it on audio podcast, um, but it is going to be a full hour. Those of you who don't want to listen to us for that long, you can still just tune in for the 30 minutes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so make sure that you tune in for that next week, starting next week. Uh, also, don't forget, especially if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, just write this down or remember it if you have a good memory. Go, as soon as this is over, to go subscribe to Stu Does America. Go to make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcast to Pat Ray Unleashed. It's Pat Unleashed. All right. He's got a new leakages oh my gosh. video mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going to do overtime on? Just talking about what happened on leakages? I mean, now we kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, That's all I care about. <laughs> yes, sneak peek, I guess. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So, coronavirus. We, I, we keep reporting there's new numbers every day it feels like they're like oops we miscounted and it's actually way more than we thought and then they give us that number and then they're like oh we did it again we miscounted there's actually more than we said that there was the second time uh they just said early this morning uh china did that uh, an additional 5,090 people have been infected with the virus and additional uh 121 people have died Now, they did just change the way that they are counting uh, people who are confirmed with this. They used to do it through, I know, a acid test. (laughs) And now they're like, just kidding. We're going to use these other ways to determine it as well. Yeah, I was reading about that. It seems like they they had like a specific test that definitely guarantees that the person has it. Uh Uh, And so that's how they were reporting before. The new one is they're like, well, if you have all of the symptoms, we're just going to kind of assume you have it. Which is, that's not Which are cold symptoms. Right, that's not really what you want. It seems like that would contribute to like... Fear. <laughs> a lot of fear that may not be warranted. What would be the reason for doing that? I read a justification for it that said, coming from China, you know, take it for what it is, but they're calling more cases actual coronavirus allows public health officials to respond more quickly, um, allows more resources. Not coronavirus. That, I don't know. If it's not coronavirus, you've overestimated, right? If, right. If a lot, there's a lot of cases where there are, where it is coronavirus, coronavirus, and you missed it. It could spread even wider. I think yeah. is the thought. Like we'd rather catch more. Yeah, of they're it. trying to like yeah. move more quickly, but it's already out of control. So it's kind of like a little bit too late to say, okay, it's been weeks and thousands of people have died, but now we're going to change. We don't know how far back they've really backdated this new counting right. system. So yeah. it, 
how accurate is it anyway? Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard a big to problem. Really compare. Right. Like, what else do we know other than it's a big problem? I'd in be like, China. In China, it's a big problem. Like, again, it's you, you just ran down those numbers. It seems to be around two or three percent of people who mm-hmm. die from it, largely uh, elderly people. Which is not that big a mortality rate. It's not. It's not that it's scary. Not like SARS. Yeah. I mean, it's not like SARS or you know something really pandemic scary. It's like uh, I mean, it, I think it's less than the flu. Oh, it's not mm-hmm. even, right? It's, it's a lot less mm-hmm. than the flu. I'm fascinated by the flu thing because, you know, in, in 2018, uh, 61,000 people in the United States died, died from the flu. Yeah. So far this year, over 20,000 have died from the flu, like in, yeah. during this flu season. Right, right. Which is remarkable. No one pays any attention no. to it whatsoever. Not Every year it does this sort of damage and we're and like, oh nobody, gosh. Nobody freaks out. Yeah. No. We have one case in San Antonio and everyone's like freaking out about the coronavirus. Look, mm-hmm. if it's... It, it's obvious by the way China is handling it and in uh, world officials that it is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn is preparing a big special next week, I think on Wednesday, yeah, that's going to go into it. And, um, you know, he was telling me some of the stuff off the air. And so it, there is that scenario where it's terrifyingly bad, right? Uh, you know, we hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Glenn's going to, of course, walk you through the worst case scenario on Wednesday. No. But yeah, I mean, Glenn? yeah, I know. <laughs> huh. It was weird though. I will say this. We were on, when this thing first broke, I'm reading about it and it's like, it's blowing up and I'm, reading about it in China and the, you know just like bird flu or SARS yeah. it seemed like it was one of those types of types swine of stories flu. swine flu yeah. comes up every once in a while and he was like not worried about it at all like he was just like ah, I'm just gonna kick back in this chair and not care about this at all and I'm like I, we got on the air and I was like why aren't you worried about this what the hell <laughs> like you should be freaked out this should be like the scariest thing in the world to you, you should be doing show after show after show panicking all of us <laughs> Uh, and he was like, ah, I just don't think it's that big of a thing. I mean, it pretty much seems like it's kind of like the flu. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but he's changed his mind, I think, on that, uh, especially mm. after doing the research for this special. So that's going to be pretty interesting. I think one of the problems is that China is not allowing, like, CDC officials are trying to go over there and get some information. They're not letting our people go over there to get the information. And so what fe- fuels the fear in the United States is people don't really know what's it like, mm-hmm. how serious is it, if I'm a healthy person, if I get it, am I like, am I likely to die or do you have to be old and have other health problems? So that, that unknown factor, because we can't get true information on it, is, you know, feeling people getting scared about it. Yeah. Pat, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not that freaked out about yeah. it, but, but I just, I'm, I'm confused as to whether or not China's telling us the truth. Because yeah. You know, the one thing that kind of really freaked me out was the uh, Tencent website when they flashed the numbers of 156,000 infected and 25,000 dead. I mean, that's much more significant. And that was, what, a week and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those were the real numbers that they accidentally put up or somebody just bravely put them up for a few minutes before authorities got him to take it down, that's pretty alarming. Mm-hmm. But the numbers that they're reporting, what is it, 60,000 that are infected and like yeah. fourteen hundred dead. I mean, yep. that's sad. Four thousand cases, but it's yeah. it's not panic inducing, right? Espe- well, especially I think that that the the catch is that people are not doing the comparisons like you just did with the flu, right? Like mm-hmm. when you put it into perspective, yeah. Against other diseases and how what the mortality rates are of those, it doesn't sound as scary. But it almost feels like they're mm-hmm. pushing for this fear somehow. Well, I think, I think the lack of a vaccine right now also kind of contributes to that, where people are like, well, there's nothing I can even do about it. And then we may be like 
18 months to a year or a year away from a vaccine. There was a company so. who said, like, we developed a coronavirus vaccine in three hours. Yeah, but then they got to, like, test it on mice for right. a year and hopefully that works <laughs> and tell everybody just, hey, take this random vaccine and hope for the best. You know, I don't really want a vaccine that was developed in three hours. That no. feels like no. a little rushed for me, but yeah. that's how, I mean, they're, people are going to make a lot of money off that. I mean, food okay. delivery in three hours, uh, you know, I'm not, that's one thing. Uh, <laughs> if you could get Amazon to bring you something in three hours, fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food delivery in three Excellent. hours is actually worse than coronavirus. That's, actually, that's way that's, too long. That's, that's too slow. awful. Uh, <laughs> no tip groceries, that. but yeah, uh-huh. no, okay. that's, that's fair. Um, and I, yeah, I think there's two things driving it. One is you have the situation where it's an unknown, right? We know what the flu is. We know it wipes out a certain amount of people. We're, we've somewhat priced that into our existence. Where this is yeah. like a brand new thing. We don't have a solution to it yet, um, which I think is, is a bad thing. The other thing I think is, too, just... There's that weird authoritarian thing going on in China where these videos leak out of people getting locked in their apartments and, like, you know, being welded into apartment buildings. And, uh, you know, some of them are real, some of them are fake. And dragged out of their apartments and dragged out of their cars and injected with something that makes them go limp immediately. He's reading about now they they have an app that will tell you, based on your personal information and your location, whether you've been around somebody to potentially be exposed oh, to the gosh. virus. <laughs> and then it apparently alerts public health officials that oh, you... No. So it's like your privacy yeah. is being totally mm-hmm. violated over this, there over this thing. This and that's is a just reason how it is. to fear socialism and yes. communism, yes. not to yes. fear the coronavirus. Right. right? Like It shows... like Because, I mean, that would never stand here in the United mm-hmm. States, I don't think. Uh, where they were just like, oh, no, sorry, we're going to be like, you know, welding you into your doors. I mean, maybe if Ebola <laughs> was passing like this, you know, maybe something like that could happen. But I think, like, you have to realize that this the reason why they're able to wall off entire cities of 11 million people is not the coronavirus. It's authoritarianism. It's not even just that part of it, which I obviously agree with you, but I, I hope that people look at... Um, I realize that China is a more densely populated area. You know, they have a more, you know, higher concentration of people in small areas. But even if you look at the way that their medical care works, once they get to the hospital, I mean, they're all they're all out there. There's like lines coming out of the hospitals. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there waiting for hours and hours in these close quarters to one another. And I mean, I think even that it's like. Look at what their healthcare system does whenever there's, you know, these highly transmittable viruses like this. Whereas you look at the United States, and I mean, I know it hasn't played out all the way here yet, but for all intents and purposes so far, we've been able to contain it, I think, largely due to the fact that our healthcare system is a lot more effective and you don't have to stand in line with a whole bunch of other people and wait two days to be seen. You know, you can go right in and they make sure that they, you know, take the proper precautions. And I mean, I just, I don't, I think that that's something that people are are overlooking when they look at the uh, the differences and how it's handled in China and how it's handled here. It's also a difference in how you look at past thing. Like people, a lot of people are like this is as, as contagious as the Spanish flu, and it's like, well, right. The reason why it wasn't just the contagious level, like, right. It wasn't just the, the R naught or whatever the number it was. It's it's beyond that. It's the fact of we've developed Sanitation. ways to deal yep. with these things a little yep. bit yep. better. And I, you know, like doctors actually wash their hands yeah, now that's before they perform medical I mean, even procedures. You've got people like quarantined on cruise ships now with yeah. coronavirus, and they're being treated. And I don't think anybody has died in those situations. Mm-hmm. So it is treatable, you know, if you've got effective, you know, ability to do that. Right, right. Uh, before we go, a school district in Madison, Wisconsin, will become the latest to abandon traditional letter grades. Uh, their reporting model of letter grades for a, quote, kinder, gentler assessment system. So they're doing away with A, B, C, D, and F on report cards, which why did, why did they skip the E? 
I would like to know. A, B, C, D, and F. It's weird, There's right? There's got to be a reason. That's a Google thing. I would, I like, I would like to know what the reason is. Uh, so they're doing away with that. And uh, instead, they're being given grades of EX exceeding, M for meeting, D for developing, and E for emerging. Which the, I would just like to point out was used what? in my son's kindergarten class. The first, emerging, yeah, Emer- really? it's, it's like an emerging that. skill. Students begin to show an initial wow. understanding of grade level expectations <laughs> for the wow. end of the year. They're doing like business news channels when they're like they go to like the worst country on earth. And they're like this is an emerging market. <laughs> <laughs> the first two I was okay with, like okay, exceeds meaning I've heard that on different you know standards of evaluating things. Uh-huh. When it got to failing equals emerging, yeah. we we can't be lying to kids. Like oh. we got to if you're failing, you need to know you're failing so that you will stop failing but it's just you emerging can, emerging and failing <laughs> better yeah, emerging failure if you don't stop it and if we can reading. get the business world to do the same thing why then we're set uh <laughs> it's just that they won't <laughs> right and you're going to be pretty ill prepared for working right and then i i also read um i didn't see which medical school it was but i read a headline on fox news today that um there is a, a medical a medical school who is now doing a pass fail system only so like they oh you God. don't yeah you wow. don't get to know who was like the so A So you might student. get like a D plus right? per, uh, doctor. So like a just okay is okay? Apparently, uh, when it comes to your doctor that you pick to treat you, yeah. I mean, yeah. the ramifications on society, I feel like are endless. Like they're so concerned about, about people being mean to kids who get an F, but that was like a motivator when I was in school. Like you didn't want to be yeah. the kid that got yeah. an F, and so you would do better so that you would not get made fun of for making an F. So if right. you take away that, then people are just comfortable failing. That's not. It's funny. I feel like we've been doing, I mean, you know, we've been doing talk radio for a long time. I feel like we've been doing this story. It used to be the red pens. So yeah. Yeah, we're getting rid of red pens That's for like a nicer right. blue or Purple because they were too too scary. Yeah, and it's like, well, kids are are kids like that? I mean, I don't know. My kids don't seem to be like that. Like they, you know, they 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 are much more motivated by Mm -hmm. fear of like screwing up and like and you know being in you know because you beat them when they screw up, right? Yeah, they have a strong hand. No, uh, (laughs) no, but they're 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 they're, like my son is like you know sort of not pretty good at school. Like he he likes it. He likes the math. He gets pissed off when he gets a ninety nine. He gets pissed. Mine too. And it's like, well, you know, like I'm like, dude, like. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to encourage you to do better. You're doing fine. Right, like, right, I, I'll be honest right. with you. Like, I, you can actually lay off a little bit. Get a 90. You're fine. Um, you know, but it's, I think that's a thing when you're competitive. He's very competitive. Yep, and you're yep. like, you want to achieve. That's what's going to motivate kids uh, to try to get the best score that they can. You know, I, I, like this, this idea that you have to manipulate them into believing they're doing better than they are is like the reverse, right? In a way, you want to say, like, you have to strive. If you're the best athlete in your town... You can't just say you're the best athlete in your town. You don't have to work hard anymore. You have to think about, well, there's somebody three towns down and there's somebody three states away and someone else on the other coast who's going to be a lot better than you. If you want to be the best, you have to try to work your hardest. That's supposed to be the thing that we're working for. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that about the test. Mine brought home a spelling test the other day and he missed one. It was just one. One. He missed one. Mm -hmm. He got like 96 or whatever the calculation uh, turned out to be. And I was like, oh my gosh, great job. You got a 96. And he was like, it's not 100. (laughs) Yeah, but you still did a great job. He was like, just tell him he's emerging. Right, Um, Pat, are you at all terrified of this next generation that is being coddled and raised in this system that will, like, Mm -hmm. soon take over everything? Well, like Stu said, we've been we've had stories like this for a while now. For what, twenty years, probably. And so we're already seeing the fruits of this. We're already seeing this millennial generation. No offense. I mean, I still uh, had letter Why didn't you say no offense to me? <laughs> because, please, you're not in the millennium. 
the silent but we're, we're already <laughs> we're already seeing it. We're already seeing the fruits of that labor and yeah. how they can't function and how they can't handle things, and that's why they're turning to socialism. They want everything given to them. Yeah, I'm always my my back and forth on this because I, I, when the global warming thing first started, like really becoming a big thing. All, of course, all the young people are indoctrinated at school about every little detail of this, how they have to recycle everything and after, right. you know, like... Oh, it's very scared of the ozone layer disappearing. The ozone I layer, yes. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. I'm a millennial. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're at the same time. Same bracket. Here. I even had the ozone layer, okay? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had <laughs> the ozone layer. <laughs> all right, boomers, relax. <laughs> but you have this thing where I used to be like, it's going to be funny because at some point they get into real life and, you know, like, the, what are you going to do? You're going to sit here and, like, micromanage your plastic plastic intake or are you going to get the thing that's the best best value for your kid like right. when you need it blah 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 um, and you think eventually right sensibility wins we used to have a guy we had a guy who we had on a long time ago who was who's was a former like oil executive and he was doing some media tour and he's like look at the bottom line at the end of the day people realize that this is we need energy to to be a civilization, and this is the cheapest way. And people need to get cheap energy so that they can buy other things and survive, right? Like, so at the end of the day, they can all talk their global warming game, but at the end of the day, they're going to come around. And I kind of believe that for a while, but the more and more I get down you know, down this road, you kind of think of like, well, the people who were indoctrinated back in the day, 20 years ago, are starting to get control of these things. And they're, they're already in that mindset. Like, they don't, whatever reality is, it makes no difference. It's right. what they believed and were indoctrinated in when they were young. Um, so do they try to implement these same things? Do they try to implement essentially the equivalent of emerging at their businesses when they start them? And does that hurt our economy as a whole? Mm. I mean, maybe it's not one of these things where, you know, our good kids are going to wind up out achieving all of the others. They might be the annoying ones who are to, yeah. to the boss who now is saying like, hey, like, I don't, how dare you say that you did a better job than that person? Right. Like it could really turn things upside down. Yeah. Well, there's your good news for the day. <laughs> uh, yesterday's poll, who scares the Democrat Party more? 56% of you said Trump, and uh, 44% oh, of you said Bernie. Oh, oh that's been way higher than that. That's the 98% Trump on that yeah. one. I mean, they don't. They really don't want Trump. I mean, Bernie. They don't want Bernie to to be the nominee because one, they don't. They're nervous he won't win. That's mm -hmm. their number one. And number two, right. there are some in the party who he goes too far for. But Trump. There's no argument for them. I mean, they don't. They don't want Trump at all. Everything he does is wrong. Yes. And awful mm -hmm. and impeachable, yes. by the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, today's poll, are you worried about coronavirus in America? I think you've heard from the table what they think. Let us know what you think. Before we go, you guys all have, have wives at home. Do you have any fun Valentine's Day plans? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's romantic. Go the, uh, the, yeah. Oh, I know your wife personally. She's going to love it. She is. Love it. Yeah, we're actually going to a kids' basketball game because I thought that would be a good, you know, wow. a kids' basketball game. Intimate. We're, we're kind of doing it tomorrow night, but, you know, we'll do a little, uh, do a little dinner yeah. and such, and we'll probably at some point remember to do something else, like flowers or flowers. something. Flowers. You go, you'll go pick up the flowers at the grocery store yes. on the way home. Oh, yeah. There's like five left. All right, don't give away the whole game here. All right? Come on. Pat, <laughs> are you guys doing anything We're having special? our doors welded shut. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we can just lock ourselves out. <laughs> That's perfect. That's the world. Yeah. yeah. No comment. Oh. Wow. Whoa. I'll figure something out between now and the oh, time well, I drive just, home past the grocery wanna, store. He doesn't want to. He wants it to be a surprise. It's going to be such a romantic surprise that if I exposed it, you all would copy it and then, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's respectable. All right. <laughs> sounds like a lie. That's what that Well, like. don't call me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you are worried about coronavirus in America. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at The Blaze. It's been a pleasure doing overtime for all of you, but we'll see you on the other side on Monday for a full hour of the news and why it matters. We'll see you then.
Wow, it's pretty. I mean, we were here for the first show, Ooh. and now yeah, the last. Yeah, I was telling him. I guess it was Monday. Yeah, it was the two-year. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.